Hi, I'm Steve Barlow. This is the Humanised Workforce Future You podcast series, where we ask people from all walks of life to talk about their perception of the future and their role in a rapidly changing work and life environment. Hi, I'm Craig Saffin. Day by day, we are all learning to live with the impact technology, AI, and changing health and social conditions have on our lives. Mostly, it is presented as scary and a loss of opportunities. The Humanised Workforce Future You podcast series thinks the future is bright and something to look forward to. Let's see what today's guest thinks. Today we've got Elizabeth McDonald and we're very happy to have Elizabeth. She's the new Director of Allied Health in the northwest of Tasmania. And coming into this role at this time with COVID being affected, affecting everything, obviously there's lots of uh, challenges to work through. But also, at the same time, technology makes opens up opportunities to make things work better and to create new possibilities of things that were difficult in the past. So we're very happy to have Elizabeth with us and we look forward to what she's got to tell us today. We're joined today with Craig Saffin, our co-host. Hi, Steve. Elizabeth McDonald, who is our guest today. So welcome, everyone. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. Lovely to meet you. Thanks. Nice to meet you, Craig. Nice to meet you, Steve. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Well, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Elizabeth? Who's Elizabeth McDonald and what do you do? Yeah. So um, I'm the new director of Allied Health in the northwest region of the Tasmanian Health Service. Um, I think I'm, I'm week seven in. So I've moved recently from Queensland to the beautiful northwest of Tasmania. Um, so that's a little bit about me. I've come from a virtual care um, service in Queensland and um, into this role. And um, so I'm just actually learning about the, the challenges and the opportunities that that Northwest Tasmania in particular face as um, in the healthcare region or area of, uh, of Tasmania. So. Right. Okay. So uh, you're, you're just uh, involved in the change process yourself at the moment, uh, learning the landscape and the, the challenges that that presents. Um, so what have you found uh, interesting or new about your work so far, maybe that's different from what you've experienced before or what's the same? Yeah, I guess here in northwest um, region of Tasmania, the, the healthcare issues that we're all aware of across the media, the, the pressures on the healthcare system are quite amplified due to the rural and remote area that we're in. So the issues that we see on the mainland and, you know, in Hobart and Safari just continue to be a bit, um, more, more dominant here because we do have staff shortages. Um, it is challenging to get, um, specialist services in this northwest region though it's beautiful and i think everyone should live here um it is it is a challenge that we face just being that extra rural and remote area um so i think that challenge of that the health system in general is facing is is quite significant here um and so innovation is really important in these areas and it's good strong leadership and I think those are the things that um, I'm helping to um, sort of change the way sometimes we do some of the healthcare in these areas 
Um, so I guess that's that's my mission. Yeah, so, so the pandemic has brought a lot of uh, these things on, hasn't it? People working remotely and having to do remote services. How, what are some of the tangible things that have changed in allied health uh, in the area that you're working? I guess the more openness to telehealth. And, and we talk about telehealth has a range of a variety of services under sort of the banner that's become telehealth. So there's that, you know, just using a phone call instead of a, an appointment. Then there's video conferencing style um, session where we can, as a physiotherapist, can see the patient and actually guide that work um, if there's a safe spot in their home to do that or if they're in a a community clinic. I think, and then there's multiple services from there, but I think it's opened up the idea that maybe we don't have to have the patient right in front of us all the time. Mm. And I think... During COVID, we were forced to do things differently. Mm. Now we can think about doing things differently to take the pressures off the system. Mm. So I think it's opened up um, health, which is a very conservative environment. Yeah, sure. Um, and we're used to seeing people face to face. We mm. and, and you know it, it, it makes sense to us to see people face to face because we're dealing with their medical and their phys- physical and mental health. And, and 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 why wouldn't you see them face to face? And I think we're we've we've been talking in health for a long time about telehealth services due to the remote nature of Australia. You know, we have lots and lots of rural and remote areas. So I think we've always been there, but there's always been a reluctance because we could see people face to face and we just mm. have them fly into a specialist or or a patient taking a two hour car drive to an appointment and we just did it and our patients just did it then COVID came and we couldn't just do that and I think then it we so we had to use that technology Mm. that was already available Mm. and I think then it realized oh this actually works or for this type of patient it works we still need to see this type of patient face to face but actually it, it works and it works for the patient. So mm. the patients actually really like being seen mm. at so home. A, this is a really positive thing to come out of the uh, pandemic, the, the forced, forced change, right? So yeah. a lot of those, there's a lot of remote areas in Australia have those two-hour car drives each way to get to um, medical appointments, isn't there? So, yes. So what, 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 do you, what do you think the, um, the skill set is that's required now of allied health people that wasn't necessarily, or allied health professionals, sorry, that, that wasn't required necessarily before these changes happened? I think a flexible mindset mm. that, um, you know, the, what you believe is the ideal way to somebody to see somebody may be changing and that mm. your skill set does need to adapt. So you have to have that flexibility and, and the agility to change. Um, I think that's really important across the across um, all medical fields, um, and I think it is learning. Some people do need to learn the technology, and it's not mm. difficult technology, but it might be outside of of our mature aged um, workforce need to be able to sort of say, okay, I actually can embrace this and 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 use the technology and and, and us providing the support that they need. So I think. That's that's the, the um, those are the basic skills that they do need. But I think it's really really important for people in the workforce now to be 
have that ability to be flexible and adaptable to changing environment. Can you train that? Yeah, good question. Um, I think to a certain extent you can. Mm. Um, and I think one of the, if you want to say the beauty of COVID is it forced people because their option, it, you, you had to do it. You didn't have a, we didn't go through a change process. Mm. There was no change process. No, no, no. And, and you know, so I'm a strong believer in actually if you get the change process right, you actually get good outcomes and implementation. But this one, we didn't do a change process. And I think we brought a lot of people along that probably wouldn't have been very resistant to a change process because mm-hmm. they weren't forced maybe to change. So there are pros and cons to that methodology, I think, um, that we brought people along that wouldn't, and now they're quite open to the options that maybe they wouldn't have been in the past, but to to answer, I think there's a portion of it that's that can be learned, mm. um, and then there's a portion that is part of who of your personality or your mm. you know what, what what you like and enjoy and work. So, I guess as someone who works in the field of helping people to learn how to become more agile, which mm. is what I do. Uh, I, I would definitely say yes. It can be it can be learnt, but I guess the question is, uh, you know, in in the workforce, in the in the, the the kind of the busyness of everyone's life, is there time to learn it? Is there a willingness to make space to learn it? And is there some kind of a provision made for people to be able to learn it? Yeah, and I, I would say that's where the challenge is. Mm. And I come from, I have a, um, a health coaching background as well. And I think it's sometimes the way we approach, we, we tell people what to do mm. or we tell them, we don't say, how, how would you like to um, change? This change is coming. How would you see yourself changing what what do you need from us to help you get there so we we tend to not do that overly well we tend to say this is the change coming this is how we'll help you um instead of, of reversing that concept of saying this change is coming what what do you need from us to help you get there and actually teaching them where they're at because they may have really great tech skills but actually believe that the patient needs to be seen face-to-face. That's the way I've always done it. Mm. So they don't need the tech skills, but we may be teaching tech skills when they actually just need more support around their underlying belief that a patient needs to be seen Mm. face-to-face and how do we help them say, okay, well, well, how do we get you there? Do you need to, do you want to see and speak to other practitioners who've done this? Do you want to like, well, how do you learn best? How can we help you? And I think that's where that time and and space to teach somebody how to be agile and change and stuff is a challenge in, in healthcare because, it, because of the fast pace, because of the need to change, because we, we tend to tell people this is the direction we're going. Because mm. now that people have sort of had a lick of the ice cream, they've, they've, they've seen that from a from a uh, service provider point of view, there are benefits in doing remote work. And from a consumer point of view, 
there are benefits in not having to travel to get, you know, medical help and so on. Uh, that this this has sort of started the ball rolling. Really, it's it's gotten people out of the gate, and uh, the challenge will be, um, you know, how much political will I suppose is there to kind of keep the ball rolling and to support people, as you said. Uh, yeah. What do they need, and how open are they to get the help they need? Mm. Uh, so, Elizabeth, uh, looking forward, how do you see your role or the role for allied professionals, uh, health professionals, uh, changing in the next two to five years? I mean, what do you see coming down the track now that we've had this dramatic shift and the, the changes forced upon us uh, or accelerated that? Um, what do you see coming next as far as changes in allied? I think it's actually... Um it's enabled us to have the conversation mm. around how we do the work mm. because in Northwest um, region, we have, so we take King Island, mm. um, Queenstown, so you're far west coast, mm. very, it's a two hour drive to Queenstown, but it's a, it's a, it's a hard two hour drive. Mm. So it's, it's mountainous. It's, it's a beautiful drive, but it's hard. King Island is an airplane. Oh, right. So yeah, you cannot get there by ferry. You know, there's no other option. So it's a it's a it's a flight. Um, so I have, for example, physiotherapists going out um, once a month, I think, you know, approximately to do service out there and then fly back. So they they're limited by the flights, the time out there, the limited service. So that that those people don't get the physiotherapy that they need. In the time that they need it. So, but if we had a model where we could do telehealth and virtual service to the facility with um, an allied health assistant on the ground, hired locally, we can we could do that work consistently for them to meet their patient needs. So that's an example of of where I see the future going is that we we won't we won't necessarily need to take the flight every time. We might be able to increase our service, but have the physiotherapist in in their office or at home, you know, virtual servicing that clientele because there are things where there's hands-on services needed. So how do we, we look at that? So I think that's where the change occurs, especially for for us that go rural and remote very quickly and have we don't have the local ability to hire a local physiotherapist. There just uh, aren't any on King Island. Yeah. And there aren't any in Queenstown. Sure. So, and there's no private service either. So there's, there's just a complete lack of service. And that's just one example of, of the multiple allied health services that are not available in the private sector. So there's no options for GPs and, and stuff. So I really see the healthcare system innovating to, to pick up that role and we have to do it efficiently. Mm. We can't, you know, we our system can't afford driving to Queenstown, seeing right. a few patients and driving home or staying overnight for two days. Like it's very cost, sure, cost, cost, cost for a very small amount of. Um, well, that per transaction, so to speak, yeah. putting it in crude terms. So that's in the provision of the service. So what about in the like the professionals? Uh, how what will they have to gear up with as far as uh, skills and and training and stuff? Yeah, I think skills are tech skills, which yeah. generally are pretty good, but tech skills need to be yeah. there. 
um, though the technology is very simple and straightforward to use now. So getting better, isn't it? Better and better. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really user friendly in most cases. Mm-hmm. But yes, that flexibility. And then back to the 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 ability to change, um, to uh, really embrace change, mm. and understand that it is actually changes the new norm. <laughs> like we're changing all the time, and we need to to meet the needs of um, of a, a growing population and a complex health population. We right. you know one of the highest levels of chronic conditions in the Northwest. So you know, that skill set of, of understanding that patient group as well. Is that because of that uh, that traditional conservatism in the countryside or in allied health or what, what is it, that, that, that ability or inability to change? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say they have an inability to change. I just think that's the, like, mm. that skill is going to be need to be ramped up. Okay, yeah, good. good. Change in health, now I may get in trouble, saying it, it's often very <laughs> slow it's often yeah. very slow yeah. yep. the change is now becoming rapid sure. and i think that's the it's that that the agility that comes with the change is, is needed now because the medical information we get comes very rapidly like the change in medical information right. is is incredibly quick yes and we don't remotely keep up with that so it's uh-huh. It's how do we continue to to change rapidly? Maybe it's a better way because I think they're open to change. I think right. it's just speed at which change is coming. Okay, you think our allied lags a bit behind the medical piece, does it? Oh, I'd say we're probably more open to, than than if you want to cut. Yeah, I would say allied health are much um, more willing to give things a, a try. Oh, okay, then good. Yeah, I, I would say then the medical. I would say, no offense to the doctors, but they're probably, um, as a whole, now I'm, I'm, I'm stereotyping the whole group because it's never that way, but I would say they're the harder group to get on, on board with some of the innovation in, in healthcare that can happen in certain areas. Yeah, one thing in the back of my mind is that since you touched on the stereotype bit, well, then I'll uh, go on that as well. And then it, the, the, the doctor going to see a doctor traditionally, it's always been that sort of um, professional versus the patient thing. But now what you've outlined in the telehealth piece is a lot more empathetic approach. So that's a, that's a huge uh, shift, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Steve, it sounds like a huge assignment for the change, Jim, to be honest. Do you yeah, want to jump in? Yeah. All right. Well, it's been uh, fascinating, Elizabeth. Uh, I think you've taken us on this journey from uh, from the impact that COVID's had to to force our hand, so to speak, to do things differently. We've just had to do it that way. We didn't really have any choice. Uh, and then into being more thoughtful about it and what are the implications of it moving forward and how can we leverage what we've learnt to a better effect in the future so that we can you know, we can reach people in more remote communities. We can provide a service to people that's more convenient for them, uh, that, uh, that has better outcomes for everybody. And part of that is, um, is, is being willing to change, being open to change and being good at change, just being flexible in the way we think and the way we act. Not just, I suppose, from the uh, provider point of view, but also from the consumer, from the patient point of view. 
they they need to uh, to get on board with it as well and and recognise that some of the old ways may not be the best ways. Yeah. And uh, so these have been uh, very interesting insights and I think very important for looking at uh, the the whole of the workplace going forward. We we need that ability to adapt and to to grow with the changes that come our way. Definitely, and I think the patients actually can can lead this change if we get the feedback from them because I actually think the patients have benefited the most out of this. Right, yes, well, that's a very powerful powerful catalyst for change, isn't it? Yes. People wanting it. Mm. Okay. Lulu, thanks very much. It's been very insightful and uh, very encouraging. I think a lot of positive stuff in there, actually. So, um, you know, there's a lot of scary stuff around about the future of work, but you've outlined a lot of positive stuff and uh, uh, and opportunities for professionals to really um, reimagine themselves as far as their career going forward. So I think it's, uh, it's great, actually. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much, Elizabeth. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for listening to this episode of Humanize Workforce Future You. Please leave a rating or review for the series on the medium where you source your podcast. The transcripts for today's podcast can be found on craigsaffin.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-S-A-P-H-I-N.com. Please subscribe to the series so you don't miss out on the interviews for future guests.